the school is out. Which means it's time for Hot Kids. Indeed, you are listening to the Hot Kids. It's also for kids and done by kids. My name is Jacob Gordon and I am 12 years old. Coming up on Hot Kids today, I'll be talking to Nadav Ozendrava from Laser Sightings. And I will have the Hot Kids riddle to challenge your thinking and the general knowledge question to challenge your brain. Here are the details if you have any questions for my guest, or if you want to answer a general knowledge question or riddle, or even if you want to just say hi or send in a song request. The WhatsApp num- SMS number is 34519 and charged at 150, or you can send me a WhatsApp on 062-148-2374. Please sign your name so I can give you a free shout-out on air. Get ready for a very entertaining show on Car Kids today. I'll be talking to Nadav Ozendrava. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 High FM. This is the Hi Kids for Kids and Bar Kids. My name is Jacob Gordon and I'm 12 years old. So today I have my guest Nadav Ozendrava in studio with me. He is from Latest Sightings and I'm going to be asking him some questions first and then we're going to wrap up the riddle so that we can give you guys some time to send us some answers. So are you ready for some questions? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's go. So my, firstly, I just would like to say, um, last night I read your CV, <laughs> not like a stalk or anything. <laughs> um, but I listened to you, uh, you talked to the grade sixes at Yeshiva College about the hero in me. And I, I felt very, un- really inspired from all Thank this you. that you have done. And you did it at such a young age. And I'm pretty sure that after all our listeners have heard your story, they'll be similarly inspired. So before we get to hear about latest sightings, um, I'm just going to ask you a uh, few questions about like where, what school you go to top of, like personal questions. Okay. Okay. So, um, how old are you currently? So at the moment I'm 21 years old. And when was the app established? Uh, the app was established in 2011, uh, when I was 15. Okay. How many siblings do you have? I have one, one sister. Uh, she's actually living in Israel at the moment. Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up, uh, and I actually, I lived in Israel until I was eight, and then I moved here, and I've been living here and growing up here ever since. So what primary school did you go to? So I went to Shiva College Primary School. <laughs> <laughs> and you matriculated? Uh, at King David, Linksfield. Okay, so besides wildlife, what else are you very passionate about? So wildlife is obviously my my main passion in life and uh, and the biggest one that I have. I don't really have so many other passions uh that can nearly even compare to wildlife. So so I would say that next thing probably technology and just keeping up with, with the latest um you know latest platforms online offline devices and stuff like that. I, I really enjoy following what's happening with the world. So that probably be my close second. Okay, that's that's that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, assuming you have spare time, what do you like to do during this? So with spare time, <laughs> I don't really have so much spare time. My my days are, are really busy, um, especially with running later sightings and then going to university at night. Um, but obviously, when I do have spare time, I try and spend it with, with family and friends, uh, just because I don't have so much time to do that. So definitely that. So you are currently studying? Yeah, so I'm doing a part-time uh, BCom at, at WITS. Um, become in what? So, the, since it's my first year, I only started this year, it's just a general, uh, so I do three subjects, uh, maths, accounts, and law, and that goes on from five in the afternoon to about nine. 
Great. So then, um, didn't you originally want to study IT? I I, I did. Uh, at school, I actually did IT for I think it was a year or two. Uh, then I dropped it. Um, I'm I, I kind of I know that later signings is something I want to do, and that's my main focus. And uh, and we have developers who are doing all the IT side. Obviously, it's good to understand it and know it. But I felt like a BCom. For me and what I need to learn, like the account side and a bit of the law side for commercial purposes, um, made more sense for me at the moment um, because I basically knew nothing from school in terms of like the accounts because I didn't do it and stuff like that. That makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. So now that that is all out of the way, could you start by giving us a bit of a background to later starting is how it came about, that type of thing? Oh, cool. Um, so... My love for, for wildlife started out when I moved to South Africa and I was eight years old. Uh, I went to the Kruger Park for that first holiday and for three days we were looking for, for lions. Well, I was, that was what I wanted to see. You know, I wanted to see lions, I wanted to see leopards, elephants and all stuff like that. And, um, the one thing we didn't see the whole trip until the last second was a pride of lions. Uh, you can even ask my parents, I was begging them, like, I just want to see a lion, I want to see a lion for three days. And, and that feeling to turn the corner and basically see the exit gate and then have four lions in the middle of the road, um, was one that I'll never forget. And it, it was, it absolutely just made me in that split second fall in love with the wildlife and the game reserve. And, and so ever since then, I've been begging to go back. I've been going back every year. And when I was 15, I remember we went and it was just a really quiet trip. We we didn't see a lot of animals uh, and we asked every single car that passed by if they had seen anything interesting. And a lot of them were like, no, you know, we, we ha- we've also had a quiet trip. We haven't seen much. And so I remember thinking the Krug is huge. It's bigger than, you know, it's bigger than some countries in the world. And right now someone has to be looking at a lion or someone has to be looking at a leopard. But I didn't know where it was and I, I wanted to, I wanted to know. And so I was thinking, why don't people just share what they're seeing in real time so that I could see, you know, I could see where other people are at the moment looking at lions or other people from around the world that were, that were coming on holiday to the Kruger Park, um, could also have a better trip and help maximize their trip by knowing where animals are. And so I did that. I went, I went home. Uh, I never went on camp that year. And so, uh, I had three weeks during the December holidays to just kind of, you know, do what I wanted to do. And I started, you know, a website, borrowed a Mac so I could develop an app and got people to, um, to just join the community. Uh, and within a few weeks we had 30,000 downloads and a lot of sightings coming through already. And that's when I knew that, wow, it wasn't, uh, I'm not the only one who's, you know, who, who, who wants this for their trip. And so that was really the beginning of, of, of later sightings. Right. So then, uh, did you develop the app by yourself or did you get help? Yeah. So at the, at the first part of later sightings and the app, yeah, I did it myself. Um, uh, you know, I phoned up a, a development company. And I asked them how much would it cost to do this, and uh, and they said, yeah, it cost like two hundred thousand a million rand. <laughs> and like I was fifteen, I was getting a hundred rand pocket money, you know, stuff like that. I didn't have I didn't have millions on me to do this, but I knew I really wanted to do this. I knew I, even by then I knew that wildlife was my passion, um, and so I just went onto YouTube and Google and I searched how do you develop, and um, I came across a few videos telling me do this, do that. And uh, and also you needed a Mac, and so I didn't have a Mac at the time, and so I borrowed one from a family friend, and um, I started developing like that, and so much so that 
when when I did press release on the on the on the app, the screen came up with a big bug error, and I I didn't know what how to fix this bug, and I didn't know what to do. And I remember seeing on YouTube that one of the videos at the end um, said, "If you ever have a- any trouble, like." feel free to contact me on Skype. And so I phoned this guy and actually he was a guy living in Lebanon uh, and I, I, I phoned him on Skype and I said, listen, I can't get rid of this bug. I've been following all your videos. Can you just help me? And he's like, yeah, sure. Let me just control your computer. And uh, I remember doing this and just because I'd followed this guy for so long with his tutorials, I didn't feel scared at all. And he took control of my computer, and within five minutes, the bug was gone. And he had tweaked a lot of other things, and he said, yeah, you're good to go. And I released it that day. Um, and that's kind of the help that I got in the beginning, uh, you know, just using what was available on, online. Uh, today, we have a development team that's, uh, yeah, that's currently working on, on the app and the website. Okay, so updating it. and Yeah. Okay. No, no, it's like we'd like to think it's pr- more professionally done. So your initial focus was on the Kruger National Park, correct? Yeah, so it used to be called Kruger Sightings, um, and a lot of people still, uh, that's a catchy name. Uh, but yeah, since then, we we wanted to expand from just Kruger. Obviously, Kruger is my absolute place, best place in the world, but it's not everyone's, and the service can really be replicated from not only the Kruger Park, um, but to other game reserves, even in, in, in America and India. And so later sightings kind of just takes it, takes the focus away from Kruger to um, to everywhere. So can you tell us a bit of some of these parks or uh, game reserves that you've moved expanded to now? Cool. So Kruger's definitely the biggest. Uh, Pilonsburg is the, is the second biggest after that. Uh, it, it's a huge service there. Uh, I was actually there last week and it helped me with a lion sighting and a cheetah sighting. And, and what's nice about Pilonsburg is that the park is is kind of small and so when there is a sighting coming through without you know we never rush to a sighting but because it's so small it's always within driving distance and so you'll get a sighting of a four cheetahs um like we did on Monday and we were like two or three k's away and so we just turned right instead of left and we got to see the the four cheetahs so it's really it's an amazing service there um we actually have a small community growing up in India uh where if you go on our Facebook page, Latest Sightings India, you can see amazing videos and photos coming from there of tigers <coughs> or panthers and, you know, Asian elephants and stuff like that. So it's really fascinating. And the, we haven't really focused on expanding just yet, uh, but we also did a, a week of trying out in uh, America and we got amazing signs from Yellowstone and Yosemite and, and those types of places with their bears. So it's, uh, it, sounds, it's it sounds breathtaking. I mean, I I, I love nature. Cool. I I have a lot of friends who love nature. Like I'm, I I just want to go to the game reserve. I've never really been. Really, you've just yeah. never been. So yeah, you must well, definitely go. Well, never been like properly. Like I mean, I I went for camp, but I never really went like you mm. know game drives or you know type no. of. No, I mean there, there's no other feeling. I mean I absolutely love it. A lot of people, it's not for everyone. You know, you for me, I have long hours. You know, in, in the car, but. Four in the morning till six in the afternoon, and a lot of people can't do it. Uh, but that's also why later science is really cool. So if you don't want to drive the whole day and you only want to drive for like two hours, in that two hours you can really get the most out of that drive. And so yeah, you must definitely go. So is later sightings the first app of that kind that lets you do this? Yeah, I mean at the time it was, uh, and it's during the past five years we've had you know a few of them come and go. None of them are really stuck like us, and because for me. I think a lot of people really realized that this was a passion-driven community and, you know, everyone who joins their deciding is, is passionate or at least loves wildlife and is interested in it. 
And, um, you know, we weren't really in it for the money. I was doing it at grade nine. Last thing I thought of was a business. And so, uh, people really felt it and still feel it. Um, even though now we're trying to turn it into a business, um, other apps that have come and, and really, s- s- their main focus was how can we make money out of it? Also, people feel that. And there was never really a community. And so that's why we've, we've stuck around and we, we're just growing. I mean, we reach nearly a million people every two days. Wow, so that that's is really big. So I understand that latest sightings is involved in many conservation efforts and humanitarian outreach programs. So yeah. would you like to tell us about those things? Definitely. Uh one of the biggest things that actually helped me persevere through matric and through doing latest sightings during school when school really took up a lot of work was its conservation programs. And uh I always loved being involved with it and being a part of it even if I wasn't on the ground. And so how we would do this is there there were actually two ways. We get a lot of sightings, thousands of sightings, and so it's a lot of information that that researchers are now, you know, getting access to that that they can never get before. And so a, a good example of this is the Wild Dog Project. <clears throat> so in the Kruger Park, they're, they're just under 200 wild dogs. Or well, it's the denning season now, so it's probably over 200, um, depending on how many of the pups survive. But imagine finding two dogs or 200 dogs in, in the size of Israel. And it's really hard. You know, you can just imagine. And so what happens is... The researchers need to go out and track these wild dogs and get research. And so now with later sightings, they, they're just following the signs that we get and the locations and what they're doing and how many, how many dogs are spotted. And they use that for their research. The other way is when these animals get snares around their neck or even escape the park, um, people can report their sightings, um, onto the app, into our community and the vets and the rangers that are working on the field have access to this information instantly. It's instantaneous. And so they can go out as soon as possible and actually protect these wild, uh, these wild animals. And it's happened, even though it's unfortunate, it's happened many times where latest signings directly has put together, has put the ranger together with the animal that, that is being, basically being killed by a poacher with a snare. And so, uh, it's an amazing feeling to be able to, <clears throat> to be part of protecting these wild, these wild animals. Have you ever gone with the rangers or vets to go help? Um, I have actually uh, had the opportunity to do it once. I happened to be in the park at the time where um, someone reported a wild dog with a snare. And uh, the vet told me, look, we found the wild dog. Uh, we know you're in the area. Why don't you come and be a part of it and maybe even form it a bit? And it was the most unbelievable experience I've ever had in the park. You know, we were surrounded by a pack of wild dogs. And they were just, they were, they basically knew that we were saving, were saving this dog. And, uh, it was, it was the alpha female. And so she, she carries all the pups for the, for the pack. And so, and she was the one that had the snare on. And so if she died, basically it was the end of the pack. And so we, we darted her, we put her, you know, we put her to sleep for a bit and, um, we took the snare off, but while we're taking the snare off, you can actually feel the pup's kick in her stomach. And that feeling is, it's so emotional. And what happened was when she woke up and she, she went to the pack, that alpha female came back to all the, all the cars. By now there were a lot of cars, but she came to all the cars that were actually directly involved and kind of nodded. It was kind of like a thank you. And, uh, and then she ran off back into, back into the bush and it was, it was an amazing experience. Wow, I can just imagine. All, yeah, we all had to take it in. There was a water hole nearby, so we all went and just kind of like, whew, what, did, what just happened? And so, yeah, I've been part of it once and, uh, it's a remarkable experience. And then, um, so you, 
I don't know if you recall, but um, over, I think it was three or four weekends ago, some lions escaped from the Kruger. I yeah. Believe. Did later sightings help to find those lions? So in that instance, um, no, we got, we got reports of them, uh, and photos of them being escaped, but, um, we weren't part of the actual saving and, and they actually weren't saved. They, they, they were, were shot. shot. Yeah, and so, I remember um, it was tragic. Yeah. There was a, another case a while back, I think it was also this year, that other, another group of four lions escaped near Crocodile Bridge. And yeah, I mean, people, people shared their sightings as much as possible and were on the lookout and also came to us for updates. We have the authority of the lady sightings around the Kruger and so a lot of people news agencies and stuff like that came to us for updates and so we were a big part of it even though we, we weren't the part of the actual saving um, but yeah okay so that sounds great and um, I you have met many interesting and influential people um, <laughs> yeah. internationally as a result of later sightings so would you like to tell us about a few of those people Definitely. Um, you know, I came to speak at your school, uh, for your grade six, my hero project. And, uh, when I was there in grade six, we also had the same project and my hero was Kingsley Holgate. And so I did a, a project on him and, uh, I remember handing it in and I never thought anything about it. You know, I really looked up to him. He was a, he was my hero. He's for people who don't know, he's a conservationist or and humanitarian. He goes around Africa and sometimes the whole world giving out mosquito nets and, um, you know, to prevent malaria and glasses to people who can't see and soccer balls and stuff like that. And, and a few years ago, the Kruger was hit by floods and later sightings held a campaign where we raised a hundred thousand rand and a thousand kilograms worth of food clothing and bed beddings and stuff like that for the for the staff that had lost everything uh due to the floods and kingsley holgate saw what we did and he invited me to go on one of his expeditions where we could go and give out these mosquito nets and glasses and and so to look up to kingsley holgate uh for what he was doing and then to be invited to join him uh was till this day the most also like uh, the most amazing experience for me to to meet my hero um, but I've also, you know, throughout America and the world, I've gotten to meet some other amazing people. Um, Obama, when he came to South Africa, uh, he spoke to a few of the leading youth of South Africa, uh, and youth that were showing some type of leadership. And so I was invited. I was invited by the U.S. Embassy, um, to go to this event and I got to shake hands with him. I wanted to ask a question, but there was no time. Uh, I was going to ask him about poaching and what his thoughts were about that. But, yeah, I mean, that was also a huge, a huge honor. And Prince Harry as well, he's a, he's a huge, um, advocate for, for conservation and does a lot of work with his power to stop, uh, poaching. And so I also got to speak with him for a few minutes about telling him what we were doing and, uh, and see how we could hopefully work together in the future. Uh, so, so you, you, you sometimes partner with these people. Yeah, so with Prince Harry and Obama, we haven't really partnered. It was kind of just to meet. But with Kingsley Holgate, we've done a lot of work together. And and one of the uh, one of the uh, projects that we're involved with was Project Rhino KZN, where um, it, it's an organization he's involved with, and he sent me and also a few of the other uh, leading or youth that were showing, showing some leadership in terms of conservation. They sent us to Vietnam, and this was I think end of two thousand and fifteen. Um, where we went to Vietnam and spoke to schools there and universities and to also people uh, that were heads of state um, and just discussing and brainstorming how we can help you know stop poaching and so that was an amazing amazing uh, partnership that that we had with Kingsley. So uh, okay, um, 
So I'm guessing that the person who you find um, was you most influenced you was Kingsley Holgate. Yeah, I, I I don't think I've ever changed what I've done based on what he's done. Obviously, uh, conservation is a big part of of me and stuff like that. But in terms of people have influenced me, I'm not too sure. I, I look up to a lot of people, um, you know, and I listen to them. But I kind of do my own thing when I can. So you've made, you've done a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm really quite inspired. Thank you. So you have uh, given and made presentations at various uh, corporate and other functions all around South Africa. Are there any of these you'd like to talk about? Yeah, one of my uh, highlights is uh, Facebook. And so later sightings obviously started out on Facebook with a page. It's a, you know, it's a free platform. You have access to millions or now two billion people. Um, and so we started a community there and our page, you know, our main page is now on 200,000 likes. So, we, so it's really, it's a big part of later sightings. And um, Facebook actually saw what we were doing and invited me to come and open up their offices in South Africa. And uh, at the event that was, you know, introducing Facebook to South Africa and, and stuff like that. And so it was an amazing experience to, to be a keynote speaker for them and actually do a video that then went to, to Menlo Park in America and was shown to Mark Zuckerberg and the whole team in America. Um, so out of the corporates, that was definitely, uh, that was definitely one that, that sticks out. Um, okay, so that's, that's the big one here. Hey? Yeah. Uh, so considering you were doing many of these things during like 2012 to around about 2014, yeah? Yeah. So how did you manage to cope since that you were studying like towards your matric, maybe finals? So it was, it was difficult. Uh, when I was in grade 9 and 10 and 11, I was actually still doing it during breaks or sometimes during class. And I mean, teachers weren't so happy about that, but uh, as long as I kept my marks up, um, I was doing a gym class. I'd also sometimes take off school, um, especially during the Kingsley Hogate expedition. I think I took off for a week and a half. And so it was, it was hard, but obviously later sightings for me was a big, uh, a big focus. And, uh, um, as, as long as I kept the marks up and it was hard. And so in, in, in matric, we actually hired, uh, for the first time, uh, a kind of a project manager who would take off, uh, uh take off a, a bit of pressure from me and take over a lot of stuff. And he, yeah, he, he was a big part of, of later signings during that year. Um, now with university, university is actually keeping me a lot more busy than matric. Uh, but we have a team in place and everyone knows what, what needs to be done. And so it's a lot easier now. Oh, I would assume it, it gets easier over time. Yeah. So then, um, you've been mentioned in, in interviewed in all forms of media, uh, print, radio, television, and social media. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. um, which article, which which one of those stand out the most for you? The one that stand, uh, yeah, the one that stands out the most for me uh, was last year. It was actually a day before my birthday. It was the Carte Blanche interview, and the reason being for that was that the week leading up to Carte Blanche. We actually had a bit of, um, you know, a bit like a, a backlash. A lot of the older generation who aren't used to having technology in wildlife areas like the Kruger Park weren't so happy about us trying to mix it together and show people that technology can go with wildlife. And so there was a bit of negative publicity around later signings and, um, and obviously I was upset about it. We had always been such a positive thing and always about the love for wildlife. Um, and then we had to undergo this, this stuff. And so, uh, carte blanche saw this and they actually, they wanted to, they wanted to cover later sightings and see what we were doing. So we had an interview with them 
and they actually realized the good that we were doing and they understood that, yeah, we're going to get some backlash of people not wanting to have technology, you know, with wildlife. But they really want to show the good that we were doing, especially with our partner program. And so our partner program is when people are in the game reserve and filming amazing stuff and they send it in, we have such a huge community that we can actually make it go viral that much easier. So we have nearly 530 million views on YouTube. We have uh, a lot of relationships with the newspapers around the world. And so when we have an amazing story, it can really reach hundreds of millions of people. Um, and through that the filmmakers actually get paid. They get a revenue share of what we earn through sh- getting their videos to go viral. And so Carte Blanche did a did an interview about this. And that night, we grew 12,000 members. My phone blew up with the amount of messages that we got. And it all came out of the negative publicity that we got the week before. And so for me, it was an amazing uh, feeling to, to be able to turn around something that looked bad into something that was so positive. I even have a screenshot of latest sightings uh, being top trending on the iTunes app store. Uh, and yeah, so that was one that really uh, did a big dent uh, for the good in, in latest sightings in terms of media coverage. So you, you, I guess you just got to always look at the bigger picture. Yeah. And then um, I just want to ask you something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you've been a recipient of prestigious national, international awards, even. Uh, so which of these stood out the most for you? Last, uh, yeah, it was last year, uh, I was nominated for the United Nations World Summit Awards. And what they do is they look at innovative apps from around the world and, and kind of put, judge them. And, uh, I was, I was part of the finalist and I was invited to go with a guest. So I took my mom to Singapore. Uh, and, uh, we, we got to go to this event, um, and, and meet people, entrepreneurs from around the world that were doing just the most unbelievable and, and weird and wacky stuff, but it was changing like the world in their own industry. And so I, I got to be top five of the most innovative apps for culture and tourism in the whole world. And it was an amazing experience. Uh, and then shortly after, uh, I was, I was, I was put on the list for the Forbes 30 under 30, uh, Forbes Africa. Uh, and also through that, I was invited to go to the Forbes event in America and meet the most unbelievable people and also a lot of celebrities. Uh, Richard Branson I got to meet and, uh, Ashton Kutcher made an investment, not in me, but in a company that pitched to him in front of everyone there. And so a lot of amazing experiences has come out, out, out of later signings and, and through the recognition that I've got. And, uh, and it's, it's always really humbling to, to see what people think about it. Well, uh, um, I wish that that would only carry on for you. Thank you. No, I hope so and well. <laughs> then I just, sorry, I just remembered now what I wanted to say because yeah. <laughs> could you see I was stumbling before? No, you've been doing, it's been really such a fun interview. No, because I you. said I wanted to ask you something. Yeah. Um, so well, it wasn't really ask. I just wanted to tell you something. Okay. So you're saying that people don't like mixing, uh, wildlife and animals? Um, wildlife and Technology side, yeah. right? But um, I actually think that that's a big part of it because you know I, I'm reading National Geographic Kids currently, okay, and they've got this whole article about um, tigers in in India, okay. okay, and basically what it says is that they they put up cameras, right, camera traps, and what the cameras do is they snap the amount of tigers and they have they recognize each tiger so that they can monitor yeah. the population. So I, I just want to say that I actually think that um, mixing technology with wildlife could like possibly do bad, but I think it would do more good. 
just no, personally? I agree with that completely. I mean, obviously for everything, there's negative, there's a negative aspect, but, um, mixing technology with wildlife, I think is something that needs to be done. Otherwise, you know, how are people going to know about wildlife? I mean, we reach, as I said, I think a bit earlier, we reach a million people every two days and it's a million people that would never watch this video if it wasn't for, for the community that we've built as well. And so I definitely think that there's a place and it, you know, that's just kind of creating awareness. But as I said earlier as well, with the conservation aspect and like what you brought up now with the camera traps, um, it's stuff that could never have been done before. Uh, the wild dog project, it would take them, I think, three months to, to get a report or to find a pack of wild dogs. They would rely on radio or letters. And now we get five, you know, well, I don't know how many, five, but like five, five sightings, sightings every, day. every hour type yeah, of thing. And like, so, so it's, it's, there's a huge benefit. Um, and very little negativity about it. So, so yeah, I think, I think it's a big part. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, so I just want to say thank you for coming in. Thanks so much for having me. And I just want to tell you, I am so inspired after hearing thank all you. of this. <laughs> just to know it. that you can do whatever you want to do as long as you like, you know, you're dedicated. Yeah, whatever your passion is, uh, you know, when you're passionate about something, it makes, it makes the work so much easier. Okay. Thanks for coming in here. Cool.